This is Sunday morning worship service, May the 1st, 2022, here at the Pine Level Pentecost Church. Church. Reverend Farrell Hardison bring the message today, The Battle Belongs to God, Part 2. We'll start off with the praise team, leaning on the everlasting arms of God. you done a good job just going to get better and better every day you know i was lit i was I, I was thinking this morning i know i get in trouble doing that y'all don't have to tell me but i thought about the old song living by faith and you know you have to live by faith and know that god is going to take care of everything that happens Look at a pastor. Look at a piano player. Now we're going to uh, we, we're going to probably need a bass player and a drummer. Y'all keep this in mind. We're going to live by faith that this is going to happen. Amen. We're going to sing the old gospel ship. I have to.
You may be seated.
Great job. Uh, I know it's just going to get better and better. God, that's what we do for God. We get better and better for God, don't we? Uh, we have a special person going to sing us a special song this morning, Rebecca.
Rebecca, God bless you. Yes. Yeah, I believe that. Amen. Yes. To touch, to meet the needs of someone, and to bless the Bible church. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen, Brother Bill. I'm right there with you. Thank God. Thank God. I, we had a, a, I knew from the time we started singing them uh, first songs. Uh, you know, if y'all walked to heard me up here, I was awesome. Uh, I was great. I was doing good. I blessed myself <laughs> the way I was singing. But I'm telling you, Brother Bill, I'm feeling what you're feeling. And uh, God's in the house today. And I'm glad all y'all are here, but I'm gladder he's here. Is that all right? Amen. Well, wouldn't it be something to go to church and the Lord didn't show up? I feel like I've been in a couple of services like that. Felt that way anyway. But he's always there. And he's ready to receive your prayer. And if you'll reach out, you'll, you'll touch him and you'll find him reaching back. He's here in the house today. It reminds me of a story I heard about a little boy who's in church with his mama, and it was dead. I mean, boy, it was dead. Y'all ever been to a dead worship service? You ever been? I have too. And um, he was there, and he was getting bored, and his mama was trying to, you know, train him how to act in church, and he just held his lip long as he could hold it, and he, was just, he just didn't understand this. was the sorriest church he'd ever been in. He looked at his mama, he said, Mama, what's that flag up there for? She said, well, that's the American flag. It stands for all the Americans. She said, but look, don't talk in church now. Don't, the preacher's preaching, don't talk. And he did the best he could, and he's ringing and twisting a little while. He said, Mama, what's that other flag over there? She said, well, that's the Christian flag. It stands for all the Christians. But son, don't talk no more now. And he did good. He did the best he could, and, and um preacher was kind of coming in for landing, or at least they were hoping he was. And, and so he said, Mama, what's that other flag? She said, well, that's, that's the flag that stands for all the people who died in service. He said, well, did they die in the morning service or the evening service? I feel like I've, I feel like I've been to that church, don't you? But it's not this church, is it? I feel the Lord in the house today. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Got the first lady with me today. I said, now if you're going to serve the Lord, you got to go to church. So Miss Millie's here today, and uh, she's already got on me two or three times, so I need that in my life. I need it. I done good, didn't I? You see Miss Millie, y'all say, man, how in the world did he get her? She got bad eyesight. That really helped. That really helped me get her. And uh, I'm glad she's with me today. And um, she'll be with me uh, most of the time. But I believe she might love that grandson in Greensboro just a little bit more than she loves me. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling it a little bit. Well, uh, get your Bible out. We're going to go verse by verse. We're going to go to Second Chronicles again. And we've been on this uh, sermon uh, series for a few weeks now, and we're in 2 Chronicles chapter, chapter 20. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. It sounded like you'd been here three or four years, the way the, the piano and the choir and the congregation. Brother Jeff, we're tickled, tickled to have you. 
I can't wait to get you to take me out to lunch. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Max learned, don't ask me if you don't want me to go. I'll go. I'll go. Man, I went down there to that robin's nest. We ate there for lunch yesterday. And uh, I tell you, I, you can't hardly get nothing to eat there, can you? It was... My kind of, it's my kind of groceries. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Well, let's uh, let's do a little um, review for those of you who maybe haven't been here for every part of the sermon series. Kind of let you know where we're standing, where we are in this story. I tell you, I love love Old Testament Bible stories. I love them. I love I love Bible stories, Old Testament and New Testament. But this is a a story in the Bible that they could make a movie about. Now, they've made movies about uh, uh, Moses, and I thought Charlton Heston was Moses for a long time. But they made movies about uh, uh, Moses and the Ten Commandments. They've made movies about uh, David and Goliath, and they've made movies about Noah and the flood. I got news for you. This, this story right here would be a great movie. I can actually see that movie in my mind when I'm uh, going through this scripture. But it's a very powerful scripture, and I want, you to, I, I want you to get something out of it for your life. What's so important, I believe, in preaching is uh, three things, three things. When you do any kind of preaching or any kind of teaching, uh, you want to explain what it meant then. You want to explain what it means now. And then you want to explain that it applies to you, what it means to me. So when you're studying the Bible, when you're having your devotional time, ask those three questions. What did this scripture mean then, when it was written? What does it mean now in our general society and in our world? And then Lord, what does it mean to me personally? What are you saying to me out of this scripture? So every time somebody teaches, every time somebody preaches, you begin to pray during that time and say, Lord, what does it mean to me? What are you saying to me in this sermon? I remember my daddy used to say when he was preaching, he'd say, now, I hope you didn't bring your shovel to church with you today. Don't take this sermon and throw it behind you to the one behind you and uh, say, well, I know who needs to hear this. Here's what you need to say. I need to hear this. I need to hear this. Don't worry about if anybody else hears it. You hear it for you and let God speak to you. Now, sometimes we're going to get convicted when we hear preaching. Amen? And I want to tell you something. If we don't hear preaching and teaching that convicts us, either we don't want to hear it or the preacher's not preaching it the way God wants him to preach it. Listen, I've preached myself under conviction. You know why? Because the Bible isn't my word. The Bible's not my word. The Bible's his word. And I've been up and thought, uh, man, man, I'm gonna preach today and I know two or three, they need to hear this so bad. And the Lord would turn that thing around on me. And before I got through preaching, I'd have tears flowing down. As soon as I had people come to the altar, I got down to the altar with them. I've preached myself under conviction. We want preaching that convicts our life. We don't want to stay where we are. We want to grow. We want to move up. 
We want to see where we're maybe lacking or where we're being negligent. Maybe we didn't realize it, but, but through the anointed teaching and preaching of the word or through your own personal Bible study or your own personal time with the Lord. Here's what I've found. I've found that it is in my quiet time alone with God that he really brings conviction in my life. And so when you're hearing it, when you're studying it for yourself, just um, say, Lord, what, what are you saying to me? What, what are you trying to correct in me? See, one of the signs of maturity is that you can take correction. Amen? You can take correction from the Lord. And so just ask the Lord to correct you, you know. God, if I'm, if I'm moving in a direction I don't, that's not good for me and, and maybe I haven't realized it or I won't let myself think about that, Lord, I want you to convict me. I don't want to go in the wrong direction. I want to go in the right direction. So in this story today, we have the king of Judah, God's king, Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was a great king. He was a, a good king. He was a king that loved the Lord. Now, if you know anything about Israel's history, you know they had some terrible kings. You remember uh, King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, you remember them? And uh, so there were some bad kings, but this, this king was a very, very good king. How many of you know that when the Lord blesses, people get jealous? Let me say that out loud again. When the Lord blesses, people get jealous. And the Lord had blessed Jehoshaphat and blessed Judah, and they were just enjoying the goodness of the Lord and enjoying the blessings of the Lord. And there were three nations that hated Israel. And those three nations that really, they hated each other too, but when it came to going against God's people, they got together. They got together. Have you ever noticed that? That the devil's crowd, they don't even like each other, but they can get together when they're going against the Bible or they're going against the church or they're going against Jesus. Seems like they can get together then. And that's what happens here. The Bible talks about it. If you look in verse one, you'll see it there. It says, and it came to pass that also the children, and I'm reading the handwriting on the wall right back here, y'all. It's just right there. It came to pass also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So we've already talked about this. These three armies have, are coming together. It's obvious they're coming to a war against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a great leader, but he wasn't known for his military prowess. He wasn't known for, um, and this is worth preaching on a little bit here, he had giftings as a leader, but they weren't in the area of building armies. Am I making sense here? So he wasn't like David. Now, David was a military man. David and Joab, and, and you remember all of them, they, they uh, were great military men and great military strategists. David was a warrior. Um, you, you all know the story about how as a, even as a young boy, he came on the scene and brought Goliath down and, and grew up and, and became a great warrior for God. As a matter of fact, y'all do know David got in trouble, right? Y'all remember when he got in trouble with Bathsheba? Do you know why he got in trouble with Bathsheba? He got in trouble with her because, listen, he had sent his men into battle 
And instead of going with them like he should have done, he was home by himself. And he saw something he shouldn't have seen. And he fell into sin. Listen, you better, you better stay busy doing what God called you to do. You better stay busy. Now look, old Jehoshaphat, he wasn't a warrior. He didn't have that gift. Here's what I want to say to you all about spiritual gifts. You got a spiritual gift. Everybody in here, I wasn't planning to preach on this, but I'm, I'm going to, because I really feel the Holy Spirit just, just stopping me right here and taking me in this direction. And I want to tell you all something about my preaching. I will run a rabbit in a minute. I'll be preaching on this, and all of a sudden, I'm down there. You better stick with me. But I really feel like this is the Lord. Every one of you sitting here today has a spiritual gift, something you're supposed to use for the Lord. You're good at something. Now, I know some of you women are thinking, no, I don't think he's good at anything. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's good at something, I'm telling you. So we got, we've, got our, we've got our gifts. Now here's why it's so important. Jehoshaphat's gift wasn't military. Jehoshaphat's gift was spiritual. If you study all around Jehoshaphat and if you get into the deeper things of scripture in the reign of Jehoshaphat and the time of Jehoshaphat, he was actually a person who came up with invention. He knew how to create things that didn't yet exist that met the needs of the people of God. So that was his gift. And old David, he was a military man. Are y'all with me? So don't, don't, when somebody don't have your gift, don't criticize them. Don't criticize them. They got a gift and they've got to use it for the Lord. You say, well, so-and-so don't do a thing in the church. Well, you know what? Uh, their thing they do for the church might be in a way you don't really see what they do. What about the prayer warriors? What about those people that when you're snoozing, God's woke them up at two o'clock in the morning and they're on their knees praying about the church. Don't, don't, you, listen, you worry about your house. Come on. Worry about your gift. Worry about what, don't point the finger. Don't be critical of people that you say, well, they don't really do much. You don't know. You don't know. Leave that with the Lord. Just leave that with the Lord. So Jehoshaphat's operating in his gift. David operated in his gift. But Jehoshaphat was good at what he did. He was a good leader. Jehoshaphat was a leader. We're going to see it here in just a minute. He was a great leader. So, so find out what your gift is. And here's why that's so important. Because at the end, how many of you know that the next thing on God's calendar, the next big event is the rapture? the rapture of the church. Now, if you don't believe in the rapture, that's fine, because when it happens and we're all going up to heaven, I'm gonna just look it over there at you and go, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, I told you we's gonna, we's gonna go up, amen, amen. People have different ideas only in times, that's all right, that's all right. I believe the next big thing on God's calendar is the rapture. And uh, right after the rapture, is the marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't know exactly all that that is, but I, it sounds like we're going to be eating, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Marriage supper of the Lamb, that's going to be happening up in heaven, and, and I'll be teaching on all this uh, later on. But uh, uh, um, So, so um, 
that's going to happen. The other thing that's going to happen while we're up there in heaven after the rapture is um, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema. Now, let me tell you about that. That's the judgment of Christians. Now, if you're at the judgment seat of Christ, that's a good thing because that means you made it in the rapture. Amen? But God's going to ask you, and it's not going to determine whether you go to heaven or not. That's already been decided. If you get caught up in the rapture, you're in heaven forever. But there's a judgment that's going to happen where God's going to say, how did you use your gift for me while you were on the earth? I saved you. You came and got saved, so you're up here in heaven. But I want to ask you, what did you do with your spiritual gift? And did you know the Bible says, Paul says in the writings to the Corinthians, that there will be embarrassment at the judgment seat, that there will actually be tears at the judgment seat of Christ when you realize, I should have been doing this for the Lord. I should have been, I had a gift. The church tried to get me to use it. Other people saw it in me, but I never used it for the Lord. So, so you don't want to get there and stand before the Lord and, and him say, how did you use your gift? And you look up at him and say, well, Lord, I, I didn't use it. I didn't use my gift. Now, you're still going to make it into heaven, but there's going to be a moment there where God's going to hold you accountable for how you used your gift for the Lord. So do a little inventory right now and say, am I doing that? Am I doing that? Am I? You know, a lot of times we're real good at saying what somebody else ought to be doing, but we're not nearly as good at looking at ourselves and saying, now, am I doing? Am I doing? Now, we don't do to get to heaven. I don't know if y'all listen to that second choir song. I believe it was the second one. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. We're not saved by the good that we do. But listen to me. When you get saved, you do good. Now, some people think you do good to get to heaven. No, you don't do good to get to heaven. The Bible says good works will not get you to heaven. But when you get saved, you will do good works. Because the Bible says faith, salvation, being saved, without works is dead, it's dead. So we've gotta, we've gotta do, we gotta be doers. Here's the, the big error in the church is that we think we're doing to get to heaven. You don't do to get to heaven, you do because you got saved. You do good because you got saved. Am I making any sense up here today? Amen, amen. Once in a while I'll ask you that question and I'd really like for you to say amen every time that I ask you that question. So I'm not going to read all this scripture, but the Bible says the multitude came against them. The Bible says Jehoshaphat feared. He respected the situation. And the Bible says in verse 3, he set himself to seek the Lord. That was his first thought. That was his first thought. When he heard that these three armies were coming against him, his first thought was, I got to talk to God. Can I ask you something? Is that your first thought? When you get bad news from the job or bad news about your finances or bad news about your health, 
your first thought, your first thought, any kind of bad news or, or disappointing news or hurtful news that you get, your first thought ought to be, I need to talk to God about this. I need to seek the Lord about this. Jesus said, if you seek me, you'll find me. The Lord said it. If you seek me, you'll find me. So he set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast, then he called all of Judah, all of the children of God to come and join him in prayer that they might ask help of the Lord. And the Bible says they came to seek the Lord. So it wasn't just Jehoshaphat, but the people came. But Jehoshaphat had to do it first because that's what leaders do. Leaders go where they want to lead people. We had a president one time that said, you lead from behind. I've never heard of that. And I don't think it worked real good for him. I ain't going to say who it is, but it didn't work real good for him. You know where you lead? From in front. You lead from in front. If you want, if you're, if you're head of a ministry and you want that ministry to go a certain play, place and go a certain direction, then you go there first. You say, well, I want my church to be more spiritual. Well, you get more spiritual. I want my Sunday school class to, I, I tell you, I wish our church would really worship. Well, you worship. You worship. Now, y'all gonna look up here sometimes. I'm on the front row. I look like I'm landing an airplane. I mean, I've got, I'm the hands going up and hands spread out and clapping hands. If I want you to worship, then I need to worship. I've, I've, I've had people in my family and had people in my life through the years that have uh, want to be critical of other people not worshiping. And then when I looked at them when worship was going on, nothing was going on. They weren't worshiping. Now, I'm not saying all of worship is an outward thing. I think worship definitely is inward and internal. But I think when you, you know, you, we go to ball games and they throw a, a bag of air through a net and it scores two points or three points, and boy, we jump up and holler and shout. And then we come to church and we're talking about somebody dying on a cross and raising from the dead to give us new life, and we're saved and on our way to heaven, and we all act like we're, you know, we just lost our best friend. We look like, uh, I don't know if y'all have ever heard this old saying, somebody licked all the red off our candy, you know. So, so listen, let me, let me preach right here. And this isn't in my notes, so I'm not going to charge you for this. I'm not going to charge you. Be the change. You say, well, I wish this and I wish that. Be that then. Be the change. You say, well, I just like to kind of criticize. <laughs> That's my gift. I got the gift. I've met some people got the gift of criticism, haven't you? But I, I like what old Adrian Rogers said. He said, it don't take much size to criticize. Anybody can criticize. Be the change. Be the change. Amen. And so Jay, they gather together and they're praying. And then we go in over this last week, verse 6. And, and I know I'm, I'm uh, taking a little too much time here, but uh, y'all bear with me. Um, I guarantee I'll let you out sometime today. It says in verse 6, O Lord God of our fathers, and we talked about that, and he prayed, but I want you to look at verse 9. Let's look at verse 9. 
He said, Lord, you said. Now, this is old Jehoshaphat praying, and the people are hearing him pray. They're listening. I want you to get a picture in your mind now. I want you to get a picture. Old Jehoshaphat probably standing up on a platform, maybe like I am today, and the people are there, and, and they've heard the news, three armies. Look, one of those armies could have defeated Israel if, it was, if God wasn't involved. One of them could have just come and destroyed Israel, Judah, if, if God wasn't involved. But there was three of them. And all the people had heard, they're coming to destroy us. They're coming to take what God has blessed us with. They're jealous of God's blessing, and they're coming to take it away from us. So they're looking at their leader, and they're saying, Jehoshaphat, what are we going to do? And Jehoshaphat reminds them what God said. And in verse 9, he says, God, you said, if when trouble cometh upon us, as the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine. In other words, Lord, you said, you told us back yonder in the, in the uh, wilderness that if something bad comes on us, you said that if we will stand before that, this house and if we will stand in your presence, for your name is in this house, your name is honored here. You said that if we would cry unto you, you promised. Now look, you take that promise for you. We're talking about what God promised Israel, what God promised Judah. Look, you, you take this for you. You promised two things. You said you would hear us and you would help us. And they said, we're counting on that. Now let's pick up where we didn't talk about last week. Let's pick it up in verse 10. Everybody with me out there say amen. amen. Y'all thought I was done, I'm just getting started. Verse 10, I'm hungry too, so I'll get you out of here. Verse 10, Millie said something about Bojangles, so I'm excited, I'm very excited. Verse 10, and now behold, now, now, so he said, Lord, you promised this and you promised this and you promised this. And remember what we said about that last week. He wasn't reminding God he wasn't reminding God, he was reminding himself and he was reminding Judah of what God had said in his prayer. And they were agreeing with him in prayer. And then he says in verse 10, he says, now Lord, having said all that, <laughs> behold, look at how the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade. In other words, when we were coming through the wilderness, we could have invaded them and taken everything they had, but Lord, you told us not to. You wouldn't let us take. And we knew they hated you, and we knew they hated us, and, and Lord, we could have gone in there if it had been your will, we could have defeated them, and they wouldn't even exist today. But Lord, you told us not to do it. And so we didn't. We refrained. We obeyed you. We, we could have taken advantage of them, but we didn't. <clears throat> when thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them. In other words, our forefathers who were going through the wilderness turned from them, went around them, and destroyed them not. So he's saying, Lord, now this crowd that's coming against us here, 
He said, I, I just want to I just want to say that, you know, we could have wiped them out. But you told us not to. So we obeyed you and we didn't do it. Now look at verse 11. He said, Lord, just look at how they are rewarding us. We were merciful to them, but look at how they reward us. Y'all see that in the scripture there? Look what they, I mean, it's not fair. How many of y'all heard, I got my rights. It's not fair. That's the cry of our day. Behold how they reward us. And they are coming, Lord, to cast us out of your possession. In other words, they're coming. You've blessed us and given us a great possession. They're coming to cast us out and take it over. What you gave us, which thou hast given us to inherit. Look at verse 12 now. Oh, our God. Oh, our God. I mean, these people are in trouble now. Y'all, I don't know what's going to happen over the next few months, the next few years. But we're headed for some tough times. We're headed for some tough times. I think we're headed for some tough times in the area of, of financial uh, economy of our nation and this world. I think we're headed for tough times as it relates to shortages. Can I preach on that a little bit? When y'all go to the grocery store, you better get two. Whatever you're going to buy, you better get you another one. And use one and save the other one, I'm telling you. I don't know what's coming before the rapture. I'll tell you this, though. God loves us so much. God wants us to be saved so much that he will allow trouble like we've never seen to come so we will realize our need of him and cry out to him. I don't know what we're facing, but I, I just kind of look at what the news is saying and I, I kind of look here at the, the children of Israel and the mess they're in. And I love verse 12. It says, Wilt thou not judge them, Lord? Will you not step in on this situation? Lord, if you don't step in, they're going to wipe us out. If you don't step in and help us, they're going to they're take us out, Lord. Help us. For we have no might. Look at the humility. Look at the humbleness of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't have any might against this great company that cometh against us. Can I tell y'all something? If it wasn't for the Lord, the devil would have wiped us out a long time ago. But there's something we've got that we can defeat the devil with, and we have defeated him and will continue to and that is authority in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. When we war against the devil and his many, many cohorts and demons and spirits, when we war against them, we war against them in the name of Jesus. Now, when you use the name of Jesus... You better know Jesus, because I remember a story in the Bible where these fellows saw the disciples do something in the name of Jesus, and then they decided they'd go over here, and they didn't know Jesus, but they thought, well, we'll say in the name of Jesus too, and they, it didn't work for them. 
They got beat up. The devil, got, the devil took advantage of them. So you got to know Jesus to say in the name of Jesus. And not only do you have to know Jesus and be saved, you've got to be walking tight with Jesus to be able to look at the attacks against yourself and your family and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. How many of y'all remember old Barney Five? You remember Barney? He's my hero. I think everybody's got a little Barney in them, amen. <laughs> you know, I think about old Barney Fife and he's a little old tiny thing, little old frail, you know, but he had his bullet, you know. I think about old Barney, you know, he's standing out there in the middle of some big highway and an 18-wheeler's coming. And how Barney could do in his way, he could hold up his hand and say to that 18-wheeler, stop. But it don't have to stop. Let me ask you a question. Is that 18-wheeler stronger than Barney Fife? Of course. But old Barney's got one thing, man. He's got the authority of that badge. He's got on that uniform. He's got that badge on, and he knows when he says stop in the name of the law. He better lock all 18 wheels down. Not because Barney's stronger than that 18-wheeler, and we're not stronger than the devil. But we can say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off my children, get your hands off my body, get your hands off my marriage, get your hands off my finances, get your hands off my plans for my life. In the name of Jesus, I take authority through the Lord over this situation. Are y'all with me? See, the devil's stronger than we are, but we have the name of Jesus to look at him with that authority. So look what old Jehoshaphat says. And I'm done, I'm done, I'm closing. I'm bringing, bringing the airplane in for landing. I love what he says here. He says against, he said that we have no might against this great company come against us. I love this last part. Neither know we what to do. We don't know what to do. You know why a lot of our prayers don't get answered? Because if God don't move, we got us another plan. We might pray about something, but we got a little plan in our mind. You know, if that don't work out, I'm gonna do this. Let me tell you when God's gonna move in your life, when he's the only plan you got, when he's your only plan. Old Jehoshaphat, when he was up there praying for his folks right here, he was saying, Lord, we ain't got no other plan. <laughs> he said, Lord, you all, we, you're the only plan we got. I mean, if you don't intervene, if you don't show up, they going, we're going to be gone. They're going to get me first, and then they're going to take every man, woman, and child they can and slaughter them and take their lives. It was a vicious time in the history of Israel. I love this. He said, we don't know what to do, Lord. We don't have the answer. See, that's the first thing some of you need to say is, God, I don't know what to do. But we're prideful. We're prideful. We're prideful. We, uh, Lord, if you don't do this now, I'm going to have to go ahead and do this. No, that, see, that's pride. You got to say, Lord, I don't have another plan. I don't have another way out. 
I don't have a plan A, and then if that don't work, I got a plan B, and if that don't work, I got a plan C. Just come to God and go, I got plan A, that's you, and I don't have any other plans. That's when God can hear you. That's when God will hear you, and that's when God will begin to move. But look what the last thing he said. I love that last thing he said. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He's my answer. You know, Florence is laying up there in that hospital. And she's having congestive heart failure and fluid. And she's up there and, and we believe in doctors. We believe in medicine. But we know who the healer is. We know who the healer is. I'm telling you, Florence is laying up there in that hospital today and she's got one plan. The Lord the Lord. She don't have a plan B. I mean, if the Lord don't show up, she don't have another person she can talk to or another place she can go. It's got to be God. It's got to be the Lord. See, you need to look at God and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about my children. I don't want to know what to do about my job. I don't know what to do about this person that for some reason just hates me. And they just criticize me and they gossip about me. I, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know how to handle it. But Lord, I know this. My eyes are on you. You're my hope. You're my hope. Not only are you my hope, you're my only hope. So I ask you today, is he your only hope? Is you your only hope? Now, we love our family and we love our country, America, that we live in. And, and we love, you know, the, the uh, medical services and, and all of the different services in our community and society that we're able to go and get help we need. But see, what I'm saying is, ultimately, see, ultimately, in your mind, it has to be God. It's God who's going to do it. It's God who's going to do it. And I'll tell you this. If God knows you're going to give him the glory, if he knows you're going to give him the praise, if he knows after he does something mighty in your life, you're going to go out and spread the word about God, he, he'll, he'll hear your prayers. He'll hear your prayers. But a lot of times our prayers get answered and we just kind of forget. We're kind of like, everything's good, man. No, man, when something good happens, Give God the glory. Stand up in the church and give God the glory. Amen. Let's give the Lord the glory. Amen. Praise God. It's in Him. It's in Him we live and move and have our being. Now what we like to do here, I don't know. Uh, I think I can tell y'all like that too. But I just like to get everybody up in the altar. So if you're physically able, come on. And let's just stand around the altar and pray. And if you're a little intimidated by that, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You don't have to. But just come on up if you're physically able. You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. 
Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.